we interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you a conspiracy episode that may forever change your life. You have been warned, warned. Welcome to Paris Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And this is episode 101. The conspiracy episode. That's right. And uh, I think it's kind of ironic that it's episode 101 because usually that's like, you know, 101. It's like the beginning, like what you, you know, teach. Do we still need to talk in these voices? Well, let me just say this episode is a very serious episode. Uh, but with a disclaimer, first of all, that it, everything in here is just a conspiracy. This is all for entertainment. We do hope to provide some value with our discussion uh, and our hustle of the week. But uh, some of the things we're going to be presenting are not confirmed. Uh, we take no legal responsibility for uh, anything that is said here. Uh, these are these are conspiracies. So. Fictitious events, possibly. Or possibly very real. We don't know. <laughs> we don't we, know. I'm trying to keep a straight face, Mike. While we do this podcast, you should have a straight face because I'm worried because these are real. This is maybe this is, this is real, real, and <laughs> this is the most awkward beginning to any of our podcasts yet. It's fine, it's all good. All right, um, because we have we have here. Oh, that's right. Very important. You told me about this. Yeah. So we received a call, and uh, <sighs> I didn't I didn't it's know intense. what to do with it. Um. So we figured just for the sake of this person putting their self out there on the line, uh, that we would, we would honor them and, and play this because it is, it's, it's one of the most enlightening and possibly disturbing things I've ever heard. So are you ready for this? I, I hope so. Hello. I'm, I'm not sure if I should be contacting you guys, but you promised that you would keep my identity safe. I know that eBay is listening, but, but it's crucial that we, this information it's, it's got to get out. I worked closely with Devin, and I know that he was getting a lot of pressure from the Illuminati to continue to hand over information on their sellers. We already have the GPS tracking information and buying habits of all eBay sellers and buyers, but they wanted to begin using the camera app to monitor everyone even more closely. Let me just say that his leaving was no accident, and the glitches that followed are simply bugs from the monitoring program. When the eBay secret tunnels used by Tupac and Elvis were- Wait, wait, they're here. Stop! Whoa. Yeah. The guy called us from a landline. Yeah. And, and used an encrypted line. So we have no way of tracking who this person was um, and, and what happened to this person. Uh, we, we genuinely hope that they're okay. Uh, but man, what do you think? Right off the bat, Illuminati? Are you serious? I don't know. Why are we starting the podcast so, so, so deep? Well, I mean, like that, that's, you know. that's like next level. I'm going to, I'm going to take the hood off. You're, you're taking, all right. It gets, so it's hot. Well, in a real world scenario, don't know. Who knows? Who knows? And and <laughs> to be honest, um, you know whether the Tupac or not fucking Elvis tunnels. This isn't the first I've heard of it. That is I have true. heard other people talk about it. So the fact that this person, this person claims to have worked closely with Evan. So okay. Well, I heard that those tunnels lead back to San Jose. Yeah, directly to the eBay headquarters. the eBay headquarters, and yeah. so. Part of it was like they wanted that intel and they wanted the information. So I don't know. But you know what? This is one of those that we just have to leave you as the listeners to kind of figure out on your own. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
especially when we're talking about, I, I, I even hesitate to use the word Illuminati. I feel like we might be uh, demonetized on this episode. Oh, wow. So are we calling it the secret group that shall not be named? Well, I mean, we've already named them. And, and I mentioned before, the fact that we're even doing this episode, if Pierce the Podcast goes away, if there's no episode 102, you guys know. You will understand. You know what happened. You know what happened. Nobody needs to 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 make that more clear. So, but anyways, um, what yeah. a great start to our conspiracy episode! Like of all the conspiracies, and even one that we're not even willing to elaborate on. Yeah, I I, I don't like. I said I wasn't even going to play it. Um, I thought about contacting law enforcement, uh, but I was like, but I don't. Can you? I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's who's one of them, you know? I mean, think of the technology. I mean, eBay with their technology to widen out backgrounds, imagine what they can do now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's scary. I mean, they've got they've got the 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 camera apps. I mean, the app is on your phone. I mean, who knows what the permissions are saying? I remember hearing Ed Snowden talking about that your camera can turn on at any time. Nice. Right. And watch you. So it may be We're happening. definitely demonetized now. We are demonetized now. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, it is Conspiracy Episode 101, and we appreciate you all that have decided to chime in and shoot us DMs about what we need to discuss and what we need to talk about. And so some of these are out there, and some of these are kind of legit, and there's some reality to them. Yeah. Well, well, some of them... Some of them, like, I feel aren't even really conspiracies. It's just like, yeah, obviously... Uh, but some of them are are out there, so let's let's talk about it. We'll see how it goes, and uh, maybe we can have some uh, some useful information that comes from it, yes. and, and or at least something that you can listen to while you're listing, packing, sending in shipments, or sending in packages that's sold, whatever it is. That's right. We're we're here for you, even if you just want us as background noise. Maybe not in the middle of the night at two in the morning when it's dark outside, but you know, unless you like a little bit of suspense. Okay, that's now you're just getting weird. It's creepy now. <laughs> Why? I don't know. As, as, as creepy or cringy as the intro to our podcast. Anyways, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate all of you. So I want to start with a very, this was actually, people actually believe this to be true. Well, some of them, so yeah, some of them, there's, there's, I mean, it's not going to be a conspiracy unless there's at least a few people out there who are like dead set on it. Uh, and some of these things might be verified. Some aren't, but, but as far as we know, um, this one isn't necessarily verified, but there are people who, who, at least think it was. So uh, do you want to explain the, the first one for us? Well, do you remember, were you, have you gotten it on eBay when they had the door? Uh-uh. Okay. So back in the day, I don't think I see it anymore. I looked for it, but there used to be a door. Those of you have been reselling for a while. So there was like an eBay door and it was different colors, right? Kind of like the star. You see the star, do you know what the star means? Mm-mm. Like you get a different color based oh, on right, like right. how long you've sold and your feedback yeah, your and stuff like that. And, stuff. and I really don't know, like back in the day, actually eBay used to send you certificates. Hmm. Like when you reach a goal, I wish they did that still. I don't know. Yeah, we could have them plastered on our, our wall behind there us. There you go. Like fill up the wall. Our right? accolades. We'll never have the YouTube one, but hey, you we could put that on a resume. One. Like when you go to get another job, you could be like, well, I have a uh, super ultimate platinum star from eBay uh, as being an incredible eBayer. So I think it'd be yeah, cool. Put that on your resume. I, I think, you know, it, it definitely would be something I would look forward to. So if you're listening to eBay, we would love to get an eBay star on our background. Yeah. But, but what's up okay. with these doors thing? So supposedly the doors change colors based on whether your store was on or off. Mm. Right. And so from what I've heard, and I've actually heard this from eBay employees. I've actually heard this from 
resellers uh, that we've had actually we've interviewed and they've, they've actually discussed that. Yes, people did it back in the day actually believe, believe this to be true. And, you know, there is this idea, there is this theory that eBay turns off your store sometimes. Right. We've kind of talked about this a little bit. People call it rolling blackouts. They call it throttling. They call there's a bunch of other names for it. So where do you land on this one, Mike? I don't know. I mean, it only makes sense to me that they would do something like that if if it was financially beneficial for them. So ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, I would imagine it's financially beneficial for them to have everybody active at all times. The only time I would imagine that they would do throttling is if they are specifically uh, punishing bad behavior, maybe right. So if they if they recognize that a seller or a buyer is abusing the system, maybe has too many bad you know reviews or something like that, they might. I would imagine that throttling would make sense there because that would protect them financially. If they're constantly doing, if they have bad buyer experience on their platform, if they have uh, a bad seller experience, and, and we kind of talked about that when they talked about a, a specific discipline process for buyers when we were at eBay open. That that is true. They did share that with us. And so they didn't go into all the details of what happened at each step, but there were various steps that, that, but at, during that the buyer was made aware, like this is currently the, the, the discipline step you're under, but it makes sense. I mean, we all know that different platforms, different programs, uh, do use throttling and do, um, favor certain content over others. But to me, eBay doesn't seem to be one of those because nobody's putting out like political opinions. Nobody's putting out um, stuff that would be, you know, it's all money. eBay is going to make money when their sellers are making money. Yeah. But I think we've discussed that, you know, and you can just, it's very easy to do. I mean, all you have to do is, you know, log out of your store and go in as a guest and then try to find your items. And sometimes you'll go there and you won't find them. I haven't found them sometimes, right? Things I just listed. And there can be various reasons. And I'll throw this, I'll throw Amazon a little bit. So, You'll notice on Amazon, those of you, the Amazon FBA, and I've noticed this last year, and I talked about this in previous podcasts where I'll send a bunch of items and my price won't be the buy box price, but my item will still sell even though it's a little bit higher than the buy box price. And I think it's because of geographic region. Mm. You know what I mean? So it, it's gonna, it's the item that Amazon has the easiest time shipping within that one day that they're trying to get to. So I think a lot of that could be eBay right? They're going to draw to people that can get the shipping out faster, right? They're going to also draw to, you know, let's say there's a hundred of the same thing, right? And this person's in this one region and they want to provide the ultimate customer satisfaction, right? They may push those higher in the search or may, you know, leave some, some, some out. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense that they would favor some over the other, but the whole idea of completely stopping somebody's stuff from being seen... I don't see that being the case. I think more often than not, the reason why you can't find something immediately after listing it is usually because it takes the system a while to crawl through and update and systems are constantly updating. But even like, for instance, when we post something to the podcast, sometimes it could take 10 or 15 minutes before it starts showing up in people's feed, even though it's there and some people can get it. Like it takes a while for things like the the cache and the whatever to like re-upload and to to kind of recognize that it's there and then to figure out where it fits in the search results. And so I don't think it's malicious. Um, it doesn't, if maybe somebody could convince me why it would be financially beneficial, because we got to remember eBay's a business, right? If, if they can convince me why it would be financially beneficial for them to not allow somebody's stuff to sell other than their, their 
trying to discipline or prevent somebody who's selling things that aren't real and they're trying to maybe, you know, kind of put it on pause until they can verify this person or something to that effect. But it just doesn't make sense. Um, it does make sense that they would favor some people. And we, we talk about that a lot. Like mm -hmm. when we talk about the algorithm, like we're not, we don't believe in like some voodoo thing where, you know, like you do certain things and you wear certain color socks and all of a sudden eBay is going to promote your stuff. Right. Like, but the idea is eBay, eBay, their algorithm is trying to figure out the best way to make the most amount of money. And so if they see that somebody, and the reason why I think there is benefit to posting frequently, if they see that there's a seller who's not very active, they are only occasionally putting stuff, the stuff they're putting doesn't sell very often, but there's somebody who is a like very valued customer, they're going to give them a little bit more VIP treatment, right? They're going to push their stuff closer up to the top because, hey, we want to keep this person happy so they don't jump ship. That makes sense to me, but completely getting rid of somebody I don't see why that would be beneficial for eBay. No, I hear that. I mean, there, there, there could be another side though to it in the sense that, you know, like you had talked about when you initially were a seller, you kind of, you know, I was talking about summer slowdown. You're like, what's summer slowdown? Mm -hmm. Right. And so there is a benefit to them to having new sellers have their stuff higher in the search. Yeah. Right. To hook them in. Yeah, and I you agree talk about Get their sales. So, so there's that. And, you know, according to, you know, the door conspiracy, right? The colors, obviously... <laughs> Probably not the case, but you know, it's kind of interesting because I've had people, they've actually DM'd us and talked to us and I'm not saying this is true, but they've mentioned the fact that eBay has talked about refreshing people's stores. Have you ever heard that before? Have I shared that with you? Um, I mean, I'm not sure what you mean by that. So what it means is, is sometimes you may have, especially since good till canceled happened where everybody had to go good to canceled, a lot of items went stale, right? So after 90 days, your stuff goes stale, right? So sales might grow cold or whatever reason some have talked about that you know i don't know they've called ebay and ebay says well re we'll refresh your store whatever that means right so obviously i don't have the answers it's all conspiracy but i do do think there's something to be said that like you said if it's inactive right and so for instance if you just have a bunch of inventory let's say you source a bunch of inventory and you listed it 120 days ago and all that inventory is store stuff that never sold it's very possible that no matter what you do, you're not going to get sales. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that completely because if you're the only one with the the Lego City whatever block, and that's what somebody's searching for, no, that's true. It's gonna sell. So that is true. So it, it does. I do understand where people come from. Where it's like, if you source the right stuff, it's gonna sell. It doesn't matter whether you list one item once a month or you list a hundred items religiously, exactly seven and a half items per day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. So I get that. Like I get that if you're sourcing the right thing, if you have 120 things and none of them are selling, you didn't source the right stuff because it's going to show up in the the listings unless unless there's a reason for it not to. If it's if it's doesn't have all the information in there, there's something wrong, maybe they flagged you of like, "Hey, this is a new person. They're trying to sell like, you know, Louis Vuitton bags and and we haven't really verified them yet." I could see why they would would kind of be hesitant with that, but it still doesn't make sense to me why they would not have your stuff up there. Like if your stuff is on eBay and it's searchable now, and again, eBay is not like Craigslist where your thing, you just get to push down to the bottom. If you've got all the right stuff in there and it's the best match to the, what the customer is searching for, it's going to be closer to the top. Yeah. I just, I do think there is truth to the fact that they would favor the larger sellers. Yeah. If but, but favoring, if, favoring is very different from, from making it so other, your stuff isn't there at all. Oh no, I agree with it. I, I don't think your stuff disappears. I just don't think everybody sees it. In the Maybe sense not on the first page. If if you're that much competition, 
then yeah, like if you're if you're not the lowest price, because people filter by lowest price. Right? I don't know. I've I've gone on there and I've searched for stuff, and it's just my stuff is just not there. Hmm. So again, it's that it's still maybe there, but it's maybe not there for me, or for whatever reason, the algorithm decided to show something else. I don't know. Let us know in the comments. Have you experienced the same? Because this is listen. This has been going on for over a decade. I mean, you go, you can type in traffic conspiracy eBay. You type in. Or oh, the other things they call it rolling blackouts eBay. You type in throttling eBay. Everything that we're saying right now is an ongoing conspiracy, right? The reality, this is actually tied into uh, our um, <laughs> our other conspiracy, which we wanted to talk about was, you know, does listing really affect, you know, how much you end up selling? And the answer I have for that one is I don't know. And I'll give you two two examples. I know of one couple that they are full time sellers. And they only list on Mondays and Tuesdays, but they do it consistently. They don't list the rest of the week and they keep having sales, right? I know others that, you know, they list almost every day and they list, you know, 25 items and they get consistent sales. I know others that, you know, will just pound it out and do like 200 listings in a day and they'll get sales. So there is one thing I do know is if you're not listing, you're not going to get sales. That's a guaranteed. Well, you're not going to get like after a while it will taper off. But that's just I, I think that there's almost a a logical fallacy there because if you've got 20 items in a store the chances of one of those 20 items selling is lower than if you are up if you're listing five items every single day the end of the week you're going to have 25 items you doubled your store you double your your chances of selling stuff. So some of that is just the more you have the more likely you're going to sell. I don't think it necessarily is is the algorithm as it were, right? Like some of it is just the more things you have, if you've got 500 items in your store, you're more likely to sell things than if you have 50 items in your store. So you could say like, I listed more and I've got more sales, therefore listing more got me more sales. Or you could say, people are looking for the things that I have and if I only had 50 True, things. True, but if you're in a saturated market, activity is going to help you out. So when we talked to eBay employees uh, at this last eBay open, activity was a major thing, whether it was sending offers whether it was altering your prices, you know, like if you have stale inventory going to your prices and then reducing your prices, whether it was, you know, just going in there and, you know, switching a few things up, adding new pictures, whatever it was, if you're in a saturated field, activity that triggers things will definitely help, right? I, you know, and I'll give you an example right now, Q4, it doesn't matter. Like I have sold more in this last week then I sold probably in a, in a few months, like let's say back when things were slow in March or April for me, which is kind of weird that things were slow in March, but when things were slow. And so I have done absolutely nothing with eBay. Now I have been sending offers. So that's one thing. But as far as listing and doing any of those things, I haven't. So people wanted what I had. It didn't matter. Right. But if you're in a field where you're trying to sell the same thing as everybody else, activity is definitely going to matter. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Were you trying to do some searches right now and see? Oh, no. I was just looking. I was just prepping for my uh, okay. hustle of the week. Oh, all right. All right. So here's here's our next one. Okay. Um, and this one isn't... I don't even know why we would call it a conspiracy. This is one of the ones I would say, like, obviously. Well, now it is. But Amazon using seller data to its own advantage. And I think that's not just a conspiracy. Like, like could this be happening? But I feel like if you... I, I don't... I want to be sensitive here. But I feel like you had to know that going in. Like you have to know that like in our world, in our day and age, data information is king. There is nothing like money is valuable. Information and data is the number one way to get that money and mm -hmm. all kinds of other things. Right. So 
Amazon, like we talked about this back when we, we did. When you, well, and when you first started like getting into uh, Amazon FBA, we were talking about like Amazon Prime and then like doing the 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 movie service and how they're mm-hmm. and a big part of it was they were trying not trying, but it was like they could find out more about their customers by what movies they watch and can kind of point advertisements to them. And in this world, like in this day and age, we know that that companies are collecting data and information. Like there's you, you can't deny that. And I think when you're a seller on the platform, and one of the things is Amazon is such a, a a monumental, gigantic force in the reselling world that when you come to them basically on your hands and knees saying, please ungate me from this so I can sell, right? Or whatever is it, it is. It, it, is it that bad? I mean, that, I mean that's kind of it what it is. It does feel like that at times. But it, it, no matter what, the fact that they're letting you sell on the platform yeah. and then to think that they wouldn't take the information and then potentially use that to their advantage, well that's one of the reasons they're letting you on their platform in the first place, right? Like is for that information. And so you're kind of making a deal with the devil as it were. You're saying like, even if it's private label and I get people get upset with the fact that somebody can come up with a private label thing, then eBay or sorry, Amazon will use, if that's, if it's a high selling private label, they might go ahead and on top of that, create their own private label of a similar thing and outbeat you on their platform and put their thing above yours. Well, it makes sense. They're going to let other people take the risk, find out what information works, what items are selling, what's not selling. And so I wouldn't necessarily call it a conspiracy, but what I would say is people have to be okay with or figure out for themselves, are they okay with that? Are you okay with companies having your information and data? And the sad thing is, I don't think there's a way around it. I don't think you can avoid this. I, I think it's something you just have to understand. So I'll give you an example. I truly believe that during Q4, Amazon is looking at what items are selling that they don't have in stock. And the I there is somebody in the background and th- I don't this isn't conspiracy because if they're using the data why wouldn't they do this? Right? And there's actually legisl- there's actually a lawsuit right now anti trust action being taken against Amazon, you know, and people are suing saying, "Hey, you can't use our data." Right? But others are arguing and saying, "Well, why can't they? I mean, you decided to sell on their platforms. This is what you're doing." We actually talked about this in in a podcast a, wh- a little while ago. But, you know, like, for instance, you'll have this hot toy, right, that you pick up and you're selling and you're selling, you're selling, you're selling. And out of nowhere, Amazon shows up. Not only does Amazon show up, but Amazon tanks that price. Right. And it, and why? Well, something somewhere, right? Somebody saw that there's this item that constantly is selling through Amazon through this, you know, whatever trigger mechanism contacted and said, Hey, we need to get this distributor. We need to get items on our platform. We need to make this money directly. And they jump on the listing. So it's, it is not conspiracy. And and you got to think about all the technology that Amazon has. I'm sure there are multiple algorithms running to not just understand private label, but it's also to understand, you know, the hot items by third party sellers to also understand the buying habits to also understand, you know, they know, how much items you send into. I mean, think about it. The private label people have to actually talk about, you know, where they get their items and all this stuff. So they have all that knowledge accessible, right? And so this is why, you know, we always talk about why we love eBay. I mean, for all, you know, eBay and the Illuminati, I'm just joking. All that's going on is I never feel that eBay is trying to take my information and sell my products to compete with me on their platform. Right. And, th- and that's true. But at the same time, that's the deal, as it were, the deal with the devil people are making is I could sell, if I'm ungated in Legos and I can get Legos at a good price, I could sell them on eBay, brand new, or I could sell them much faster with higher profit because I'm reaching so many more people on Amazon. So if you're looking at 
I'm gonna make I'm gonna make seventy percent more profit if I sell this item on Amazon, but they get the data and they could undercut me at some point. I mean, that's the thing people are doing. I mean, everybody, if they want, if you really wanted to, like, just create your own website, have your own, get your own information, promote it yourself, have your own advertisers. And so that I think that's one of the things like I I do. I love eBay. I know they're not competing with us, but that's not, that's not what they're set up to do. Correct. But Amazon, it's like, you can be upset that they're doing that. But at the same time, the fact that you get to be on their platform makes it worth it. Right? Yeah. I, no, I would say yes. I mean, it, it's just tough. You know, it's just the reality of it. Like right now, I have a, I have an item that's been selling for Q4 like crazy. Actually, this is an item I had mentioned before that Amazon held onto the buy box the whole time. And Amazon has not showed up. So I'm doing really well. But I'm waiting. Yep. Like I know. And so I, my costs were low enough. So this is something you got to think about. You know, this is where we're hoping to bring value. Not just share conspiracy. <laughs> But you you have to source items at a cost that is low enough that even if Amazon is to jump on that listing, you'll still be able to undercut Amazon and still make profit or at least make your money back. That's huge. That's one of the biggest takeaways I have from Amazon from my, you know, some of my failures back in the past is that I would buy things and I wouldn't count into the fact that maybe I have to understand that this will eventually tank and how am I going to make my money back on this item? Yeah. Well, the nice thing is with Amazon... I mean, if you really think about it, you still own those things. You might lose some money on shipping, but you get the items back, you sell them on eBay. But you realistically, you know they're not going to sell the same way on eBay. And that's the reason why I almost kind of look at it as if I were to, if I invented a product and I sold it out of my garage, right? And I'm making, you know, a couple hundred dollars every week for people coming and finding it on Craigslist and coming to my house and buying this product. Or I can get it into the Walmart stores and they're going to make a deal with me for, you know, $5 million or... They're going to order a ton of this product in their stores, but knowing that they now kind of have control of this, they can kind of set the price and manipulate it. And if they wanted to, they can make their off-brand version of it and undercut me, right? But it's like, well, I could keep selling this out of my garage and maybe end up making $10,000 off it. Or today I could sell this to Walmart, as it were, and get this on Walmart shelves and make $5 million, $10 million. But in a year, it might be the market might be done, right? And and that's what I kind of think about like with with Amazon. If you're selling on Amazon, you're getting into the big box store with your product, but there's a ton of risk with that too. But it, is the risk worth the, the 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 payment that you get? And if it is, I almost kind of feel like you just kind of got to know that going in. You can't complain too much about it, knowing that hey, this is this is the price of the game. Real talk with Mike. That's right. <laughs> All right. Hey. So next one, I want to jump into before we get into our hustles of the week. And time is flying by on these conspiracies. All right. So Amazon. Well, back to Amazon. Like, I think the last conspiracy episode, we were a lot of eBay, but Amazon's doing, you know, we worry about it. I mean, think about Amazon. They just lost a bid with the Pentagon, right, for their cloud services. Now they're suing, I think, or they're not happy with that Microsoft got it. But supposedly, supposedly, Amazon will in the future require facial recognition to be a seller on the platform. And this came from, <laughs> this is where the story, where the story gets interesting. A guy in Vietnam supposedly was required to record a five-second video of his face for his seller profile to be allowed. Hmm. Thoughts? Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's that, too close to reality. Yeah, but okay. I I'm trying to think of what the app was. I was oh, it was um, it was Twitter. I think maybe it was. I think it was Twitter. Maybe it was Instagram. Anyways, I was. For my school, I was setting up a social account, 
a social media account that I could use to kind of promote what I was doing in my classrooms, a way of connecting to parents. But I already had my own personal account, and then we have the Pierce Podcast account. And so basically, I was flagged. My phone, my IP address was flagged for having so many accounts. Okay. And so it was blocked unless I was able to verify my account. And the way I did it is they gave me like a code to write, and I had to like write this code down and take a little quick video, kind of like that, a five second video, Wait, holding what? it up to the the screen. And it was to say like, hey, I'm a real person. And that's a robot check. I mean, think about the way- Wait, what social media was this? I, it was either Twitter or Instagram. I can't remember which one it was. Really? Yeah. And, and it might've been just a picture. I don't know. They had to, I had to do it in front of the camera. But when I took a, a test thing, they do that too, to verify that you're a human. And when you do those CAPTCHAs, and in a lot of ways, yeah. that's what those are, right? And so I don't, I don't know so much. We know, like, it's very clear that certain government agencies in other countries specifically are using facial recognition things potentially for nefarious reasons. Well, Amazon has facial recognition. Did you know that? I mean, I'm not surprised. It they have their sense. own program. It's called, uh, let me look it up right here. Uh, I can't find it right now, but they've been, they've been working. They're trying to work with certain law enforcement to make it happen. I think we talked about this in the past. Uh, but I don't know the name. It's called recognition. There's, but there's a K in it. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, like what most phones now, it's 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 facial unlock, right? They the biometric or a thumbprint or something. And there's some like programs, some apps like wallets and things like that that you can't use unless you verify that it's you. So that way, somebody can't take my phone, even if they have the code to unlock it, and then make a transfer on PayPal. Unless you know, I don't know if PayPal has that, but like there's certain ones, certain um, payment programs where you actually have to do the facial recognition or some kind of biometric in order to prove you're the one using it. And I get that that can go really, really bad, really fast. But the reality is if you don't think that there's already a profile with your face on it and you're, you know what I mean? Like it, it's there, like they already have that. I think, I think the, what we got to ask ourselves, and this is going a little bit off reselling, but just in general, like, cause that's what we're talking about yeah. is conspiracies. conspiracies is the governments already have our face. They already have our fingerprints. They already have all that stuff, right? Like it, it, they have that. Now companies are getting, in fact, a lot of companies have more data on people than governments could have ever dreamed of having. And so the question is, okay, they have this. Is it a terrible, bad thing? In a lot of ways, I think it is. But there's nothing, we, we can't go back and change it. We can't gonna, be Ron Swanson. Let's yeah. put it that way. Like that's not happening as much as I personally wish I could get away, but they know everything. Yeah, I mean, they know they've got, I mean, if you don't think that they can figure out everything you're you're searching and what you look like, and and in a lot of ways, there's you got to ask yourself, okay, what what is the good that's going to come from this? Because a lot of bad can and probably will come from the amount of information that companies have, that governments have, that that that's a given. But then we got to say, okay, so the deal with the devil is made, as it were. We've lost a certain amount of freedom in order for convenience, so we at least better get the convenience. And there's certain things that I can imagine is good, like. Joe Rogan sometimes talks on his podcast about like voting, right? And, and and why it shouldn't just be on your phone. And especially now that you can do that facial recognition, if the government already has your face, boom, facial recognition, you do the vote, boom, you're good, right? And and of course, there's a lot of reasons why that would be a terrible idea. But the idea is, okay, what can be done with that now? Not just a police state where the government or companies can know what you're doing, when you're doing, why you're doing it. But what are what are the economic benefits of that? And I think I think it is a good idea that if Somebody's going to buy your stuff. Is it a real person? Well, if they have a verified account where it's a fingerprint or a face or something, then you know, hey, this is a real person and not a, a fake account that's set up just to troll people or whatever. Yeah. And I wanted to correct what I said. They don't know everything, but they have the potential to know everything. They know many things. Right. Yeah. And, you know, wherever you like, well, I feel like we're a different podcast at the moment. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, when but, you open you know, up a conspiracy episode. That is true. That is true. But, you know, it's kind of interesting because, 
you know, I watched that uh, Joe Rogan interview with Ed Snowden and wherever you land, whether you think he's a traitor or a martyr or a hero, th- whether that information is true or not, right behind every conspiracy, there is some kind of truth. Now, the truth could be very simple ones, right? And it's and so I don't know. But what I know is this, is that Amazon definitely, you know, could this be something that happens in the future? Sure. Like, I don't I don't question that. Like you said, if it's a quicker way to verify, I mean, we already are okay with that on our iPhones, right? I don't, I don't have facial recognition on mine, but a lot of people had it on their phones. I mean, it was kind of a joke for a while. And I don't know if people, do people still use it? Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's so fast and good now. Like you literally pick up your phone and like, as you move it towards your face, your phone unlocks. Okay. So it's not conspiracy. So, and, and maybe, maybe it's a good thing. Like Mike said, maybe then you don't have people that can hack into your Amazon. I mean, think about the damage that can be done if people hack into your Amazon or eBay account, right? This is even better than two-step verification. Yeah. And, and, and the way I look at it and, and don't get me wrong. <laughs> Amazon has not paid us for this podcast. Uh, don't get me wrong. There are going to be people who think that I'm like a sellout and that I'm just like, you know, work for the Illuminati or whatever. I am not a fan. You and Devin. I am not a fan of giving up freedom. However, I think it is important people realize you can have freedom or you can have comfort. You usually can't have both. Right? Oh, yeah. Quote of the week, right? So (laughs) what what this is this is the deepest this podcast has ever got. Like we are we're in another realm. We're not even this is reselling, but it's not reselling. So I but it's good. I, I appreciate it. All right. So okay. I take the hint. No, no, I'm not. I'll, I'm not I'll giving you a hint. I'm just kind of going like, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, Mike. You know, we, we think alike. So, all right. You know what? Let's go to a lighter note. It's time for. Are, are you ready, Mike? I, I wasn't ready. You ready? Okay. So we have some more conspiracies to share. But before we da- do that, we actually have four segments of this because we want to share no more. So hey, something happened to our camera over there. Hmm. Are we okay? Are we know. actually getting shut down right now? I don't know. Hold on. We need to pause. Okay, we're pausing. All right. So, uh, what just happened, Mike? I don't know. So, all of a sudden, camera, it just went out. Then the lights went out. And then we lost like an hour and a half of time. We woke up out in the the parking lot of eBay headquarters. No, I'm joking. Not eBay headquarters. I know. The parking lot right outside our studio. I know. I know. And it was uh, was a scary time. But, anyways, we're back. We're up. No, no, we're gone. Okay, but let's be real. We just, we had, something happened, the camera stopped working. Yeah, but how do you explain the hour and a half we lost? I don't know. But for real, though, we had to stop. If you saw Mike, he had to do the clapping. Usually he does that clap, right? So you know where things ended or where to start it? I cut all that out. You you cut that out? Yeah. I thought you were going to, I told you you should leave it in, right? So people know that this actually happened. That's not how editing works. Okay. (laughs) All right. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. So anyways, we're back. You have no idea that we were gone for an hour and a half, but we're back for this episode. That's right. All right. And with that being said, we are back and we are ready for... Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. I need to put my hood on now. Yeah. You need the hood for the hustle of the week? Yeah, I do. All right. And actually, we have four this week because we have, I don't know, we're going to go back to three, but I thought these were so cool. I had a hard time like eliminating all of these. And we have some more coming in our next theme episode. So I'll start us off though. So Jason IG handle F trail PT cell. Is that spelling? I'm bad on the phonics. Does that look like it's something? I don't know. 
It looks like if you remember, there's this like license plate show back in the day. And like you had to figure out what the license plate said. That's what mm-hmm. I feel like with some of the IG names. That's for sure. Like I mispronounce them and then you read them I'm like, oh, that's what it says. So, <laughs> all right. Hey, F, F Trail PT Cell Jason uh, went to the store that shall not be named, the bins, and paid somewhere around 50 cents a dollar. Think about it. Our bins here, like we don't get that. You They charge us like $3. Like it's, it's very arbitrary. Like when I went, it was like, oh, that jacket five dollars like what how'd you come up with that price so anyways he went to the bin pays 50 50 cents to a dollar based on the pounds right he bought a bunch of other stuff uh-huh. and picked up a vintage mayo spruce so i've never heard of this brand this was actually this is a bolo because i've never heard of this now it's a bolo that you got to be careful you pick up not all mayo spruce is good because i did some research there's some stuff that does sell for good money and there's some stuff that eh, you know it's okay so picked up a mayo spruce peanuts shorter you know, remember Shoulder, the guy with the blue blanket? Uh-huh. All right. Sweater. It's a light blue sweater. Sold it on Instagram, right? On Instagram for $300. That is nice. So anyways, that is something to ke- definitely keep a lookout for because definitely new bolo, something I've never heard of before. And uh, that'd be pretty cool because I don't know if I would have recognized that. Do you think you would have recognized that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, anything vintage like that, a peanut something, I mean, it'd be worth looking up. Um, I obviously wouldn't have known it would be worth uh, as much money as it was worth. Yeah. And, and hey, by the way, somebody has asked us before, you know, on Instagram, do you recommend doing friends and family where people pay you through PayPal? It depends. If the dollar amount is high, you want to sell it as a merchant because then you get the seller protections. If you just sell it as friends and family and somebody sends you money and they make, you know, you, you could you could be stuck either way. So right. So just be be aware. Anyways, there's more to that, but just things you need to think about. That's right. All right. Our next one comes from uh, Wilma IG handle at uh, Endorphin Seeker. Endorphin underscore, underscore Seeker. seeker. Um, was at the store that should not be named a few months ago, and she picked up a board game. I'm proud of you. That's good. It's good stuff. Board game is great. An employee walked by and whispered, "It's only one dollar." The board game looked new and complete. It was a mint 400 off-road board game sold for $141.95 plus shipping. Bravo to you. That far surpasses my highest board game sell. You did it. You did it, Wilma. So that game, so I looked it up. Like, it was so unassuming. Hmm. It literally is an off-road. It's kind of like, not a monster truck, but it's an off-road vehicle. And like, you just play a board game with it. Hey, man. I'm telling you, there's there. It is a niche market, and board games hold their values. That's one thing. I mean, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, 401 closets, right? Um, if you're buying, if it's not just like the the really really popular ones that you can get at like Target, which there's some great great um, niche board games that you can get at Target. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if more you're, now than ever before, oh for sure. I mean, because it's a growing market. Like, I mean, I've been playing them for years and years and years now before they got popular. Back when like Target only had Settlers of Catan, right? Um, but it's it's a growing market. It's getting bigger and bigger. Like there's, we're like in the golden age of board games right now. In fact, there's board games being made like every day. Like I kickstart board games all the time, um, and there are some really really good ones. And if you pick up ones from, I mean, pretty much any big company that's putting out these niche board games, and you sell them used on eBay four, five, six years later, they're selling for about the same price you get them for new. Sometimes, especially if they go out of print, they they sell for huh. as much or more. And even if they don't go out of print, like there's a game I want called Terraform- Terraforming Mars you can't get it used and it's been out for like four or five years now. You can't get it on used on eBay for maybe 10% discount of what it costs new, right? Like board games hold their value. So, um, and I'm not talking about like just, 
you know, connect four and those types of things. I'm talking about like the niche, go to target, look at their board game section. You'll easily see like, wait, this stuff looks weird. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Go to boardgamegeek.com if you're interested in learning more about board games. Or just DM Mike. Yeah. So thank you so much. Well, appreciate that. All right. So this next one, this is a couple. They both scored on this one. So Tony IG handle at that underscore Disney World underscore dad and his wife, Tiffany IG handle the dot best dot days dot ever. Right. That's that's like a super uplifting IG names, right? Disney World dad and the best days ever. So yeah. they went to a yard sale. The, the, Tiffany found a Donald Duck Christmas stocking. Paid $2 thinking their daughter would like it. Check comps after they left and saw them selling for 75 to 100 So my question is, did like the daughter have it in her hand and they just go, nope. <laughs> like, I, I just wonder how that went down, you know? Anyways, okay. I'll yeah, see. I mean, that's kind of how that goes. Like, you, you research something like, oh, this would be cool to have. Oh, nope, sells for too much. I'm selling it. So, in the spirit of Christmas... They sold a Donald Duck 3D Christmas stocking for $75 free ship. I like it. That is awesome. I, You know, I always love because our next story is going to be a similar story where, you know, you're like you're buying something or you walk away from something and then you realize and you go back and it still works out. Right. So nice. And, you know, really appreciate you sharing how you worked with the team and you figured that and you made that sell. So thank you so much, uh, Tony, that underscore Disney World underscore dad and Tiffany, the best days ever with periods between each word. There we go. Thank you so much. All right. Our next one is Craig, Instagram handle at Van Halen 314. Uh, Found an ad for an estate sale 20 minutes away. Saw nothing important. Showed up last day in the last two hours and found nothing until he noticed there was a bunch of sealed boxes in the garage. Asked about them and found out the owner assembled timbers for landscaping water features. Timers. Oh. That's my typo. Mike Mike didn't misread that. That's my typo. All right. Timers <laughs> for, for landscaping water features. The boxes had approximately 1,500 motors for timers, plus a bunch of other miscellaneous parts. Could not find any comps, but decided to move on them. Was told 350 but decided to leave. On the road, his wife found one comp of a motor for $25. Turned around, offered the guy 300 and got the deal. Three minivan full loads later, just broke uh, even, broke even, averaging $20 net profit on each one. If all motors sell at the rate, um, potential 30,000 profit without the other stuff included. Whoa. Think about that. Think, I mean, when he shared this with me, I'm like, wait, did you just say 30K? 30K, right? You never know. I mean, I've had... I've had bulk buys where I made 10K on 30K. You're talking about for some people, that's their salary. Do you know what I mean? No. Like that's a huge deal. Now, obviously that's going to take time. Right. Right. But you know, he's not even including the other items. And, and, you know, I actually saw, he, he showed me his listing and he just, I think he just has to do one listing. Yeah. And do you think about how sad, um, everybody else who went to that place and didn't look and, uh, how close he was to missing it twice, right? Like, didn't see it the first time, didn't pick it up the second time. It wasn't until the third time there that he made the deal. You almost lost out on a lot, but you didn't, and that's a hustle of the week. So That is a hustle. And job. here's the other part. How many times do you go to a state sale? Now, I do ask, but I don't know if I would have asked. I mean, these were bought, no one asked, right? And, oh, man, it just... 
it, it motivates me because you never know. Right. And to me, and we've always talked about this, we're in the middle of Q4 and I'm doing all this Amazon sourcing, but there's nothing better than getting that major haul from a garage sale. You know what I mean? Like, right. like Amazon, it's like, Oh, I found, you know, 20 of these hot toys and I'm going to have to, you know, compete with everybody on the price and hopefully it gets to the warehouse in time. And hopefully I sell through on them. This one's like, I showed up. No one was looking for this. I did the research. I found it. This is a huge score and I'm going to see this score continually. And there, there isn't going to be a lot of competition. So definitely nice hustle of the week, Greg. Really appreciate that. All right. What about you? All right. So, uh, I had one here, but I already discussed this on our live. So I wanted to share another one. Let's hear it. So I, I keep talking about this, but I find myself lately like taking more risks, hmm. which I don't recommend people do. But if you have the capital and, and you have kind of a knowledge base, you can begin to kind of take risk going, you know, I kind of I think the market is here for this item, even though there's no comps, even though I can't find anything on therapy or worth point. So I was at this thrift store now, this thrift store. Okay, this thrift store alone on that visit, I I went with actually uh, Fernando, uh, the Funky Cole Medina's, I think at the same time, or maybe it was another trip. But anyways, I went to this thrift store and I picked up, I think I, I dropped $250. I've already sold probably 10 of those items and made about $1,000 already wow. from that one trip, right? So I sold the 49ers jacket for 120 I sold another jacket for about 80. And so this one was a Polo Ralph Lauren leather jacket. And it had like the tiger on one side. It had the reflective sleeves. And there were absolutely no comps. Like there was nothing there. But there's something about it that I go, you know what? This is money. Mm. Right? It, it's worth it to me. And I, I wish I looked it up. I should have looked it up. But I know I paid no more than $30. I'm pretty sure I paid $20 for this jacket and I listed it. And you know, it's one of those things where you're hustling, you're hustling, you're hustling, right? August and September, October, you're like, Hey, Q4 is going to be here. All kinds of stuff is going to sell, but you don't see it right away. Like you list all these things. And I've gone through this. I go through this in summer slowdown. I go through this right before Q4, but then the sales start kicking in. So this jacket sold for $200 plus shipping. Nice. Which and that's happened to me with multiple jackets like this lately. So I don't know if I'm picking up items that the market is hot. I don't know if it's because of winter. I don't know what it is. But, uh, you know, I like those hustle of the weeks where I'm like, you know what? I've done this long enough. I know that the market would probably carry this jacket and somebody would buy it. And you do it and you flip it. So, yeah. so you know, feel if you have the capital and you've been doing this for a while, sometimes it's nice to kind of venture out and take a couple of risks because it may pay off. I think that's good. All right. What's your hustle of the week? Um, so kind of like you often do vague bolos. I'm going to do a vague hustle of the week. Oh, yeah. okay. So, um, this, this time of the year, and I'm experiencing it more this year than I did last year. Cause I obviously have more items in my inventory. Uh, but when we've talked about what does well Q4 on eBay, I'm finding going back to our first hustle of the week or our second hustle of the week, um, board games. Like I have sold, like if I look at my, my sell in the last like 30 days, I've sold at least two board games every week. Okay. And for good money, like I'm talking board games that I'm picking up and, and the ROI on board games is just incredible. So especially if you're getting them at garage sales or thrift stores. And the hard part is you got to know if, 
Is it complete? Is it not complete? And the crazy thing is, I think I've sold three board games where it was just, I was just super clear in the posting and the, in the whatever, not sure if it has all the parts. Here's the pictures of what it has. Like you're buying this knowing that it may not be complete. Yeah. Right. And they're still selling. I mean, I bought one, one was a Lord of the Rings, like an old, like eighties Lord of the Rings board game and a board game. Like I would normally keep a Lord of the Rings game, but this one was so complicated. Like one of those old school board games that would just, it would take probably 10 days just to try and figure it out. And then it, so clunky and it wouldn't be fun but it's just the nostalgia of having like an old game like this and it sold for like $60 I sold like a Stratego I've sold um, a so couple was there of something random. unique about the Stratego was it like different it like- was, I mean it was a it, it was one that was in like a wooden box um, okay so that was kind of unique I guess um, let's see I sold I'll give you a couple of names of them so you can kind of keep a lookout for them uh, one was, and you'll probably never find this, is one my wife picked up. is a game from 1976. It's called Faxon 5, Game of Knowledge. Uh, it was an Avalon Hill game. And um, we sold that one. Uh, we sold, I sold that uh, Lord of the Rings game. Um, let's see. I sold a Seinfeld game, which is really cool. Was um, it sealed? Factory sealed, yep. How much did you sell it for? Uh, 35 plus shipping. Okay. So, so the, mar- that, the market is still there. Yeah, that was what, uh, that was about what the comps were. Uh, but I think it was because Seinfeld just released on Netflix, so people are kind of getting back mm-hmm, into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, these are games that that you're going to find every time you go into thrift store, you're going to find Twilight Trivia. <laughs> that is the non-bolo of non-bolos. Yeah, ne- never pick that one up. But you'll be surprised how many board games there are, and they're almost always marked like a couple of dollars. And some of them you can do great if they're, if they're not complete. Some of them you need to go through and be willing to check to see if it's complete. Um, but... You know, it, you never know. And I would just say the reason why it's Hustle Week is I've just been consistently selling board games. Um, and it's one of those things where throughout the year I've been picking them up and they haven't been selling. And it's kind of like, okay, am I am I in the wrong market? Well, yeah, it's the same thing with the jackets, yeah. right? I'm listing, listing, listing. They're not selling, but now they're selling. Board games, you're listing, 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 and now they're selling. Now they're selling. Now, I got a question for you because board games, I really, I don't have any knowledge on at all. I mean, I, I know like, themed ones like you know the office or seinfeld do well so when it comes how do you know like when it's you know what's the difference between i know there's obvious ones like okay if it's a brand new connect forward there's probably no money but what is the telltale sign of something that you should like pick up and start looking at okay so there's two things one and this is it would take a little bit of time not much like honestly i would say board games if you're looking for like the new niche board games is a market or a niche that you could probably learn in a half hour I'm really I'm not joking. We're not a sponsor of the website, but go to go to um, boardgamegeek.com and on the side they have like the top 100 board games and just look at the top 10 or 15 and you'll get a, a really quick idea of what type of games they are. Okay. And you'll spot them. Like they're very easy to see. The other thing is vintage games. Like I'm just looking up um so November 22nd I sold a 1990 Battleship board game. Huh. Um it was new. It was new and wrapper. No, somebody never opened it. And I, I don't want to say I find these things all the time, but oftentimes I find old vintage board games that are kind of still sealed or still sealed. And sometimes they're not sealed, but they're, um, you could tell they're complete. You know, they're not a ton of parts. Yeah. Like and, the, the plastic wrapping. Yeah. Still there and all. yeah. And so when you find these types of things, I sold that, that board game for $44. I think I paid 50 cents for it. Right. So, the two things are one, the really new modern niche games. Those games are going to be, they hold their value. The other thing is vintage games. And then there's two sides of vintage games. There's like the classic vintage games. If they're complete and they're new, they're worth money. 
Um, or if it's like a really, really strange one-off, like something where it's like very niche, only a few people were into this whatever hobby or whatever show that this was made off of, I would say pick it up if it's a decent price because you might not even always find comps. Like there's a lot of times, like that one that we, I sold the the Fact 5 something yeah, or other, whatever that was. I would was. have never picked that up. I don't think there was the Facts and 5 Knowledge Game, 1976. <coughs> At the time, I don't know if there were any... Um, if there were any comps on that, but it's like, it's an old game. Why not pick it up 50 cents and it's sold. So nice. um, I would just say the reason it's a hustle is because it, it kind of took a while for them to, the sales to come in, but Christmas time is a good time. My family has a tradition of buying a new board game every year mm -hmm. at Christmas time. I think a lot of people do. And a lot of people, you know, they're like, Oh, I remember that game I used to play with my family, you know, when it was Christmas break and Oh, I don't have it. It was one that grandma or grandpa had, or my parents had, and so people are looking for old vintage stuff. So, and they make great gifts for people. So it's a hustle of the week because I've been able to make a lot of money off of them. And it's kind of a bolo too, because, you know, I think a lot of people sleep on board games. Nice. No, I agree. I, I just, to me, it's a patience thing. Yep. You have to be patient and be willing to like, you know, make sure all the pieces are there and so on, but there's definitely money to be made. So thank you everyone that shared your hustle of the week. And before we get to our conspiracy, if you haven't had a chance yet, make sure to follow us on social media, We're dropping content there all the time. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and what's the other one? TikTok? TikTok, Twitter. We can talk about TikTok conspiracies too. That's for another episode. But anyways, we're on there. And whether they're stealing all our Pure Hustle Podcast data, don't know. Oh, they are. But, but whatever the case may be, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on all three of those platforms. We're also on Twitter as Pure Hustle Cast. You can also give us a call at our secret line, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. You could also email us an encrypted email at Podcast at gmail.com. And if you ever want to, we don't accept Bitcoin yet, but maybe we need to to keep oh, ourselves safe. Bitcoin. Send it our way. Send it our way. We do have a link below for our PayPal. Hey, thank you to all of you that consistently, uh, you know, donate to help us out. And, uh, you know, we appreciate that. We appreciate it again. Those of you that give us some dough on the super chat. Yeah. Oh, speaking awesome. of which, um, my wife told me and, and I need to, to check and look, uh, maybe we should do that. We'll, we'll mention at the very end who it was. Uh, but there was a super chat we missed. She said a $10 super chat somebody sent us and, really? and we didn't give them a shout out. So we're going to look it up right now to see if we can figure out, uh, who you were so we can give you a shout out. Cause we oh. really appreciate that. Uh, that that means a ton to us. Yeah, sorry we missed it. Man, we totally missed it. Like, I, I was scrolling through the chat, too. But thank you, guys, and thank you for all the reviews. We're almost at 200. We're, last I checked, we're at about 196 on the reviews in iTunes. So if you get a chance, and drop us a positive review. That'd be greatly appreciated. And we are yeah. thankful for all your support since day one. Always grateful. So, hey, and if you haven't caught the live, go check out the live. It was, you know, we it was a normal podcast episode. And so it's good to listen to. And we had a lot of, you know, great moments with everybody that tuned in at that time. So really, really appreciate that. All right. So we're going to move on with our conspiracy episode. And uh, we're still trying to find out who you are. The, I'll have it by the end of the episode. The conspiracy of who was that $10 super check. Because we want to say thank you to you. All right. So. I thought this was super interesting because this is something I never thought about. So I looked this up because, you know, you, you can type a type of eBay conspiracy and like things come up. You get stuff on the Reddit forums that show up. So this one was that eBay shows higher comps when you're sourcing on mobile to keep you sourcing. 
to listings on eBay. Think about that though. Like, cause, and actually people, I've, I've seen people have discussions going like, yeah, I've noticed that too. And I'll go home and the comps are lower. What are your thoughts on that one, Mike? Well, you know, let's see. I just want to make sure I'm not going too far into one of our other conspiracies, but it's number uh, six. Um, no, no, no. Um, okay. So yeah, it's not on here. So there's an idea that they have, and people have in the past have said satellites, right? Oh, yeah. That's but we true. no longer need satellites in that sense because of GPS on our phones, which I know GPS is connected to satellites. But um, it is very possible that they're aware of your location, right? Like you take a picture somewhere <laughs> and it automatically, and there's times I go somewhere and it's like my, my Google Maps will come up and like, yep. how did you enjoy your dinner at blah, blah, blah? Like, please rate the restaurant. And I'm like, what, wait, what? The, the yeah, yeah, no, you, no, I you know. take a picture and it automatically puts tags of your locations. You have to turn that stuff off. So it makes sense that they know where you're at and, uh, and, and, you know, they could manipulate stuff, but let's be honest though. <laughs> I mean, it would be, I mean, that would be genius. That's I don't know. Is is that even, it is possible. Uh, it, well, I don't think it is because they'd have to show you real comps. No, no, agreed. But what I'm saying is it's possible to do whether a business would put themselves out there to do it. Probably not possible. Mm. Right. Cause you know, there's obviously a lot of legalities involved if you're doing that. Or maybe there isn't. I don't know. But I thought it was interesting, right? Because I've never had that happen. I mean, the comps have been the same moment I walk into the store and the moment I go home. That'd be pretty, pretty rough, right? Because how many of you probably, you look up comps, but even when you're listing, you do more research to try to figure out, you know, okay, is this item still worth it? Should I list it as something else? So, you know, I think it's a great conspiracy. It's a great story. Like that would make sense. Again, it's one of those things where like, is it the eBay matrix that's controlling what we do? So anyways, appreciate that conspiracy. That was, that was a good conspiracy. All right. Are you ready for another one? Let's do it. Okay. So, you know, actually we already, this is, wow. We are, we only have, you know, so many conspiracies left. So maybe we should go back to the first one. I'm just joking. Anyways, all right. So this is a mega conspiracy here. So a lot of people have talked about how strange it is that I don't know where the CEO of eBay resigns and everything just seemed to go crazy, right? And we just talked about in our last podcast, in our live episode, how what ended up happening was that eBay sold StubHub for $4 billion dollars Right. But eBay doesn't really need its money because eBay is doing really well. You know, it's, it's maintaining itself. But now it has four billion dollars to add right to its worth. So this was sent by one of our, our listeners, followers on Facebook, Melissa Kellogg. She had shared the idea that the CEO resigned. Glitches happened almost immediately and stocks plummeted, which all did happen. Hey, that connects to our uh, Illuminati one. Our, yeah, I mean him leaving was it i mean no joke hashtag devin didn't fire himself my goodness i don't think that hashtag is ever gonna catch on let's put it that way it will hashtag devin didn't fire himself we all know the truth well i don't think i don't think devin didn't fire devin just left all right anyways yourself facebook now here's the other one let's tie let's get even deeper Facebook is pushing surveys about what they'd like on Facebook Marketplace, right? And so this is something we've talked about before. Like, is Facebook 
going to be the major competition for the platforms such as eBay and Amazon. We haven't seen it happen yet, but maybe Facebook is slowly working in the background. Or here's the other conspiracy. And, you know, I wish we could be like The Simpsons. Have you ever heard about The Simpsons and their conspiracies, how they predict things in their episodes that happen years later? Oh, that's for real. There's so many. Like, there's one about, like, Trump and him being president. There's one about a building in London that was, like, in the cartoon and showed up 10 years later and actually was built and they looked the same. I mean, have you seen those videos? There's a lot of them. So, I kind of, I hope we're, I hope and I hope we're not The Simpsons of reselling. Well, for the Simpson of reselling, then I want to make a prediction right now that every one of our listeners is going to become multimillionaires by reselling. Okay, well, that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, I know it's not going to happen, but I'm just saying, like, if we had that kind of power, oh. like, that's what I would like. I would, not not I would that you couldn't, you not that you couldn't, right? But, you know, that's... How are we ever going to sell courses and teach people how to get Lambos if we don't tell them they can all be multimillionaires tomorrow? Well, and that's why we don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's all reason. Now, here's the other part. A possible merger, right? We talked about that $4 billion available. Now, we could have a possible mer- merger. Facebook and eBay becoming bays and working together and owning the marketplace. Like, think about the superpower that could be eBay and Facebook coming together. Well, And the reason why I think, I don't think, this is necessarily going to happen, but the reason that gives this a little bit of, of like some, some truth to me or some, some gravity is when I worked at direct TV um, and, and I'm, I'm probably getting some of the stuff here wrong, but I remember that um, I think it was, I don't remember whether it was direct TV or whether it was dish network. I think it was dish network, but one of them was buying uh, blockbuster. Right. And it was kind of like this weird, like why are they buying blockbuster? And then it comes out like they own like exclusive rights to certain videos. And then they were able to then stream those videos live because, and so there's a lot of that potentially there, right? That not that eBay has something exclusive, uh, like material wise that they could stream or whatever, but that if Facebook were to acquire eBay, then they already have that platform built. They've already got all the customer base. They've got a lot of that stuff done. And we've talked about information being king we kind of assume that Amazon is the one that's kind of nefariously taking all of this information. But who's to say, even though eBay isn't competing with us, they have the information. Well, if they if they were ever to merge with Facebook, they would definitely have the information. Right. Well, what I'm saying is Facebook has certain kind of information. Correct. eBay has a different kind of information. That is true. Yeah, I see and what so, you're saying. And okay. Facebook is the bigger company, right? Oh, yeah. Hands down. And so it wouldn't be a merge. A lot of times you think of like these forces are joining, but it's often an acquisition, right? It's like, we're buying you because not because we want eBay, but because we want the information and we'll, we can build off your platform and utilize that to help make Facebook marketplace what it, what it's going to be. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think there would be reasons and especially because that wouldn't be considered like a monopoly, right? Like a lot of times when companies want to do that kind of a merger or they want to, one company wants to buy another, it gets stopped because it's like, that would create too much power, but that's like a weird one. It's like Amazon with its streaming, right? Like, Amazon making deals with certain companies allows them certain access with streaming, which then gives them certain information that they can use for advertisements and then they could do product placement. Like there's so much that gets involved with it. And so it, I could see why a company like Facebook would potentially say, Hey, we need to buy somebody. Right. And then who's the competition? Like, I don't know, Twitter, right? Like what other Instagram? So 
And Instagram's owned by Facebook. Yeah, Instagram is Facebook. So like there really is not another competition like that. But like if another place were to compete, they'd have to what? Like buy Poshmark and buy this. And if Facebook wants to compete with Amazon in some ways, they want to break into that market in the same way. Because who thought Amazon was going to break into Netflix's market? Oh, any of it. Think about it. I mean, I just know them for, you know, I would buy and sell textbooks back in the day, right? And now it's it's anything. I mean, there's food services, right? Now there's, you know, we talk about grocery arm. There's the streaming, right? There's also other products that are out there. I mean, everything, pretty much Amazon can be your go-to. Like you could, I think, just live on Amazon, right? You could you could buy a, a house, right? Not a house, but a dwelling somehow, whether it's a tent or whatever it is on Amazon. Now, here's the other thing I will say. It sounds conspiracy, but it would be a genius move, mm. right? I mean, you, I think about right now, you know, we're on TikTok. <laughs> I always, I kind of, you know, okay, Boomer. Orlando but loves his TikTok. I, I do, you know. Wait, t- so you know, okay, Boomer, but you're not understanding. You didn't catch the reference to hashtag I, Devin didn't fire himself. I'm so busy with FBA. So anyways, okay. Anyways, you give me a hard time since the last podcast. So here's the thing. All the trends are on TikTok. Like, it's crazy. Like, whatever, like, I may never hang out with any, you know, like, I'm not in teaching, right? So not like you. Like, I don't, I mean, I teach a class once a week, but I don't see all the trends, right? And usually the trends, right, it starts kind of like in high school, right? Because they're, you know, they're trying to model celebrities and be like celebrities or whatever's cool at the moment, right? So you're able to see the trends. But, you know, you go to TikTok and you find pretty much every single trend that's happening, whether it's starting a new trend or it's it's showing or it's kind of a reaction to a certain trend, right? So based on that, right, you kind of know what the pop culture thing items are that you could resell on eBay, right? Or what's going to be hot on Amazon or and so on. And so I don't know. I mean, maybe this is why Poshmark is moving in the direction of being very big on social media, understanding that social media is definitely the push uh, for, you know, e-commerce. Yeah, and we remember we talked about when we had our uh, eBay open with the eBay execs that were talking about having some kind of a almost a social platform on eBay where you could go there to get your information on comic books. And there's people who write blogs and do videos about comic books. And then you can click on the stuff they're talking about. It instantly puts you to the product that you can buy. Well, if you were to add the power of Facebook with their social and combine it with the platform that eBay has for selling and the information that they have and the infrastructure that they have, you you just crushed Poshmark. Because realistically, Poshmark, and we talked about this. I think past. you've crushed any secondary platform. Oh, for sure. Well. I mean, who, who would, who could, imagine the kind of data that you would have. Well, and that puts, what it does is it puts Amazon in the unique place of they've broken into almost every market and they have the foothold and they have the strong point in almost everything, but they don't have the social. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you could connect the reselling aspect to the social, that might in some ways give Amazon a run for its money because it's something so different. So mm-hmm. different. I don't know. I don't know how much. I mean, it's now I would say <laughs> whether, you know, see resigning and the, the glitches and everything and stocks, whether or not to connect connected. Don't know. Right. I will say sometimes you have a lot of unfortunate events that happen at the same time and everybody's always looking for a conspiracy, but there generally isn't conspiracy. It's because we always, you know, in our human nature, we always want to believe there's something more because 
it helps us kind of find comfort in that, that it wasn't just something crazy. And there right. usually is something more. But it's not always Ooh. as nefarious as people think. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Anyways, hey, really appreciate you guys tuning into our conspiracy episode. Hope we kind of brought you some value or at least some kind of entertainment during this Q4 season. Hope you're making those sales. And, you know, we look forward to our next podcast. So with that being said, make sure to be real. And be relevant. And be reasonable. Peace. Peace.